Hello and welcome to The Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and in this inaugural episode, I'm joined by Jesse. Hello. And Chris. Hello. My friends, it has been a week of football, and as all good football podcasts, we've decided to start the last week of the AFLM season. <laughs> this is so poorly planned out. That's fine. It's, we were going to do never... this. Originally, it was the buy round. We wanted to launch this. Um, and then we're just like, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get started. And we thought this week would cram all that energy into three days. So hopefully this episode's out before the grand final. If not, I hope you had a good time, everyone. It just gives us plenty of off-season for not only the AFLM players to train, but also for us to train. So hopefully over the coming weeks, we'll have some wonderful footy-related content and we'll build and grow and laugh together. But let's talk about more important things. This week, somebody got a little medal up on a little stage where he was on the waters. We're talking about Lockie Neal, our 2023 Brownlow medalist. Bit of a controversial one. Do we all think he... Like, I, I don't want to say did he deserve it, because he's a great player. He deserves it. And... But I'm going to say it anyway. Do you deserve the medal? I'll say, I'll say two things about this year's Brown, though. One, it's the most controversial probably since Chris Judd won his second or since Matt Prudis won it. And two, it was the most exciting finish to account that I've seen in years. Errol Goulden and Christian Petrarca both got shafted in the last round. Yeah. It, it feels so like symbolic of the season as, as like this final season as a whole. Because the, the race at the end is so tight and you have some, some clubs or some players in this case coming from the absolute clouds. Like, oh, they could, they could do some damage here. But then you get the boring result as we're getting with Brisbane versus Collingwood. Lockie Neal just walks away with it. Gould yeah. in this case is Carlton, I guess. And I don't know who GBS is. <laughs> I think my favourite thing about this as a whole, though, was that it kind of goes to show that umpires have really been seeing a different game <laughs> to what we've all been seeing. Well, Did you guys know they don't see the stats? Yeah, they, they, they don't look at they it. They don't see the stats when they yeah, make the votes. I, that's fine. I, you know, I don't think they should be concerned with it. It's none, nothing to do, really, with umpiring. <laughs> Like, I'm not counting how many goals Kerner kicked. Do you guys think that it should change from the umpires? Nah, it's fine. Let's be honest. It's a <laughs> tiny little medal that somebody gets every year that's based on made-up votes like a glass ballot for school captain, right? Like, Lockie Neal is a great player. Christian Pachaka is a great player. Patrick Cripps, Marcus Bontempelli, Errol Goulden. All these people are fantastic players and the number of votes that they get doesn't change that. I think that's where I landed on the end. Although as a Melbourne fan, I did want Petrarca to win. <laughs> All right. This is how it should be. <laughs> Just putting my foot down here. Fuck the Brownlow. The Brownlow should still be a knight, but not a medal. The best player of the year to me would be captain of the All-Australian team. Okay, Toby Green. Toby Green. If you made that team, you did really well. Thumbs up to you. Sorry, Lockie Neal, I guess you missed out this year. If you're the captain of the team, you're the best of the best. That's how I see it. 
the Brownlee should still be a night where they just roast the season because I still want the bands. I still want players to get a little bit, little bit tipsy, but not tipsy enough to be like troublemaking. But you know, on the edge a little bit. I like the good social media posts, like the Jeremy Cameron social media game during the Brownlow was top notch. Uh, yeah, I it was st- elite to start the presentation by going, Jeremy Cameron, you'll poll some votes tonight, but you absolutely will not win. <laughs> His face went from like, "Oh, they're talking about me, to like, are you, are you what? Gil doesn't want to <laughs> drive the by. show. He doesn't want to do it. He clearly <laughs> doesn't. There, the amount of times, okay, to clear things up, I barely watched it. Because I think the Brownlow night is one of the most boring things imaginable up until the end. Because I just don't care about... There's so many players' names being read out that's like, oh, I, okay, you you got to vote, but you're not going to win it, so I don't... Why waste time with this shit? Let's just get to the end. Just give us a result. So maybe my judgment call is not going to be, be great here, but I think when Gil starts being like, oh, that bit didn't work, and he skips to the next one, I think he was talking to Errol Goulden, and he tried to make, like, a joke, and it just wasn't playing, and he, he, he called it out himself. I think, I think you're confusing Gil with Hamish. Gil, Hamish... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they the actually person. do look They do look like the same person. If you didn't have any clue about who they were, they are the same person. Chris, if you started listening to an AFL podcast that had their inaugural episode the week before the grand final, and let's face it, possibly minutes before the grand final, this show will go live, okay? <laughs> And you want facts, okay? I'm already half or I'm down. I'm going for. The, I'm trying to be the robo of this situation, okay? <laughs> so don't expect all the correct names from me. I'm not a, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a Channel Seven commentator. I'm not going to get the names right, okay? But the the general vibe is there. That's fair. So I think uh, we should probably mention Will Ashcroft goal of the year. Now, I t- I, it was a great goal. Will Ashcroft, hell of a player. Clark, you he- don't do this to me. He pinches the ball out of the air, slows it down his boot, slots it through. Fantastic goal. I don't think it was goal of the year. Oh. I think Jamie Elliott's tap into play through the behind post and then run around to kick the goal was a lot more impressive. I thought no. it was a better goal. How was it better than that golden, golden man? Ashcroft's goal for Ashcroft's me is... one of the best goals I've ever seen. Is legitimately probably my one of my favorite goals of all time. Who's paying you, Clarky? No one's paying me. I just think it was more impressive, more technical. Uh, there was more involved to it. Ashcroft got lucky. Okay, I right. will actually say, I always get these two players confused. So I can't remember which one it is. Is it Gill and Hamish? <laughs> I don't play Chris. <laughs> no, uh, Paul Curtis or Curtis Taylor, whoever was the North player who was also nominated. Yeah, uh, his goal was actually really good. Really good goal. Look, it was fine. It was fine. And and probably was not, not that far behind Ashcross because it was just such a good individual effort. But Ashcross was just incredible. Wasn't Dan Houston's nominated how, as well? How was that nominated? That's okay. not even top three. Oh, no. no. Okay, you know what? I agree. Fuck that one. Fuck that goal. Don't even count it. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> game for babies. Oh. No, like, okay. So, look, I, I don't want to, like, crap on, you know, Will Ashcross goal too much because it is impressive. I just it's just a it's just an opinion. It doesn't make it less impressive. It's just not the one that I would have chosen if I was the panel. Let's put it this way. Both technically incredible, okay? High level of skill. So really it boils down to Jamie Elliott, Jamie Elliott as a person or Ashcroft as a person. I'm picking Ashcroft. 
He's such yeah. a cool dude. Jimmy Elliott, Elliot play for Collingwood. Play the goal and the merit of the goal. No, no, I, I'm not on the the board of whoever. Actually, wait, people do vote for these, don't they? This is yeah. literally just a popularity Are they, contest. They're voted for at the end of every round. And then somebody has to whittle it down to four or three or whatever it was. It's some shit like that. Because I remember when um when Danaher won it and... Oh, this, well, this is market year. When Danaher won it a few years ago and Jeremy Hark cracked the shits. And then Eddie Maguire cracked the shits. It's like, oh, it's just a bloody popularity contest. It's like, well, yes. People voted it. That's how that works, sir. Um, I mean, speaking of... Mark of the Year. <laughs> I, can't, I love it. Himmelberg was nominated twice. It's a, it's the best. <laughs> Clark, you reckon the wrong Mark won though, right? Nah. Oh, you reckon the right Mark won? Yeah, yeah. Like, when he took that Mark, I think at the time, I I said to my, my wife, I was like, that's it. Like, that's Mark of the Year. Round one, done. Dusted. Like, lock it up. There was a moment when he's in the air. So just to peel back the curtain on episode one of the, the Falcon. Um, previous to us recording, we have been fighting Chris's lag um, and his technical issues. And I feel like Himmelberg lagged in the air. Because there's, there's like two frames where he's in the air on the guy's shoulders and he just stops. And he just like, he's locked in that position. And it's, one of those, it's, it's such a strange mark. He, the hang time he got there was incredible. I feel like it was, um, I think, I feel like Ashley Sampy did the same thing when he had that in- ridiculous mark in like 2010 or whatever it was. He did the same like thing when he just balls in the air. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I, I could do this forever. No, I'm down. But still, pretty cool. What do you win? Uh, Is it a car? It used to be a no, car. No, it, it's not, not a car anymore. Isn't it like 10 grand? Isn't it? It's 4 and 20 mark of the year. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so it's gone from a car, 10 grand or some pies. Five, it's not five thousand handball. No, that's to register. What do you win? It doesn't say. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's ten grand. Surely it's, or like a year supply of pies. You can't give a footballer a year supply of pies. It's gonna be. Like you seven. absolutely can. He can't. Did eat they give? Them. Did they give Nat Nui like a year supply of wheat bits? Look, look at him now. He had to retire. Okay. If the if the prize was a year supply of pies, Shane Mumford would have won Mark of the Year every single year. We said a year supply of pies, not a year supply of <laughs> Okay. <laughs> He's like a year supply of sausage rolls, and he just says the word sausage. He's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> and the slander has begun. That's very Alleg- good. Allegedly. 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 Friend of the show. Yeah, you win $10,000 and the Jezelenko Meadow. Let me just go back to the Brownlow itself. Because... Look, yeah, we can... Hey, we can Neil winning... Page. Neil winning it was a bit of a surprise. You know what was the biggest surprise to me? Oliver got six votes. And look, I know he only played half the year, but six votes for Clayton Oliver seems a bit messed up. I actually had him I had him leading after round ten, because he started the season very well. It was only once he allegedly that he Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Um uh, look. As maybe I'm too harsh on my own team here, but I don't think Clayton Oliver was as influential this year in the games that he did play as he was in other years. Christian Pajaka was way more influential in how he played his hybrid half forward to mid role. Like I, I, I genuinely understand it, right? Like I look at it, and that being said, I've watched every Melbourne game. But like, right, I'm, compared I'm not to saying you should have won it. No, no, but six. 
Six votes probably seems about right. He missed a load of time, and he just... He was just an accumulator this year, right? And there's nothing necessarily fantastic about that. I would say Tom Green polling more than Clayton Oliver makes sense because Tom Green, similar style of play, like he's an accumulator. He's like the guy that the ball, they want the ball going through by like hitting pinpoint handballs through traffic. Tom Green's a future Clayton Oliver. Like it's, it's amazing to see. And I think maybe Clary just was a bit behind it this year. Melbourne Tom haven't Green been all that great either. Player. Future. Free smoke, baby. Free smoke. You know who actually I was surprised that polled very, very well for Melbourne was Jack Liney. Rate him as a player. He's a great player. But I was just four votes. Yeah, he polled very, very well. That Once again, like we, we said it before, the umpires don't look at stats, right? So when you look at a Melbourne game and you see someone who's influential, Jack Viney's an influential player. Yeah. Changes the tide of games. Changes the momentum. Like he does things that are clear in how they affect Melbourne and how they help, say, Melbourne come back from, to a victory. or it helps if you're, like, an interesting-looking player? Because you would be more noticeable. So I'm talking about Jack Sinclair. I okay. thought you were talking about Rory Love. Ever since he got rid of the blonde, it's just not been the same. It's not been the same. No, he went from the five-finger five finger Bart Simpson to just, uh, just a dude in the street, a very tall dude in the street. Now, I'm talking about Jack Sinclair. Jack Sinclair's a fantastic player, and look... 21 votes seems spot on. But I am wondering, like, if I was an umpire and I'm riding around, every, look, 80% of footballers are the same person, okay? Jack Sinclair does stand out. I'd be like, hey, that man with a mullet and also some sort of, like, weird moustache thing going on, he has the ball. I'm going to remember that. Do you think that plays in the umpire's judgment? I, I would say yes, but Brad Crouch also polled well and he's the most generic-looking man in the AFL. But Matt Prittis won a brown low. And I would remember those those locks bouncing around. Yeah. And Adam Cooney, who stood out. Look, Essendon's, Essendon legend Adam Cooney, you just watch him <laughs> off, okay? He bloody held us together. His knee barely held together. But, like, I think my... The, the best thing from the Brownlow for me is looking at that top 10, even that top 15, it's the next wave of players oh, yeah. coming through. And, like, obviously, if Dacos played a few more games, he would have won... Pretty easily, but then you got Golden Butters, Sarong. Sarong did so well. Um, Anderson, Rosie. It's such a good list of players we're about to get through, and they're exciting. That was what I enjoyed about the night as well was um, seeing that next generation really pop up and like just being excited for the next ten years of the competition. Like seeing these players, like Sheasel as well. Like didn't. Didn't poll that well because North weren't that good, but we know he's going to be an absolute weren't gun. They? Wardlaw got a couple of <laughs> Wardlaw got a couple of votes in there, and then we've got Harley Reid coming in next year. Like it's it's going to be crazy the competition amongst those players. Oh yeah, and all those youngsters playing for North Melbourne because they get their concession. I'm not going to get started. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, goddamn concession picks. But Essendon's getting Mackay. You shut your mouth, Christopher. <laughs> you shut your mouth. And we're losing Massimo, okay? I'm gutted. I don't care, but I don't want to lose anything, okay? I just want to hoard more players. I don't want to lose. I, w- I want to win. I want to stall more careers. Just quickly on um, on Essendon's trade plans. Oh, God. Did you see the the deal they're apparently brokering behind the scenes with St Kilda? With St Kilda? So they get like yeah. their weird pick and the A4's like, no, you can't do that. It's like, well... You so can. You, Essendon would essentially be getting uh, 
Gresham and pick 12, I think it was, for Dylan Shield. No, no, I think we get pick 30. No, it was a first rounder. Don't they get Shield and pick 12? Um, It was Essendon get the pick and Jade Gresham, you only give up Dylan Shield. I I always thought, I, I thought that pick 12 was a compo pick. Yeah, allegedly, which is what they're going to give to Essendon. It's all alleged, and yeah. it's trade periods full of shit. I'll say it. That's true. It's just people saying things that don't necessarily have any semblance on reality. I'm waiting for the first 18-team mega trade. Yeah, it's going That's to happen. That's all I want, baby. It's going to happen, and as much as... Look, we'll talk more and more about trade period, but I love, I love a good mega trade. Just the That's theories it, we'll, behind it. We should come up with our own mega trade done. for a future episode. Lock it in. Done and done. Should we move on to the round that was? Yes. Let's talk about it. Pies GWS, Friday night. Pies got it done by one point in heartbreaking fashion. Those That last five minutes was probably the most tense five minutes of football that I've ever watched. It was insane. I was at a wedding during this game in Collingwood and at, at the reception there was a large contingency of Pi supporters I saw a large contingency of Pi supporters walking the streets so everyone locked their cars and everything like that but they were walking around and I knew don't you just that- lock your car sorry do you just not lock your car in other circumstances can we well, just dive into that if I'm going to have to explain every joke that I make that doesn't quite make sense under scrutiny this podcast is going to go for three hours okay You've got to just roll with me. No, no, it's great to unpick it. That makes it funny. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but in, in it, within the last like ten minutes, we were all huddled around my phone, getting sketchy care coverage and watching the game. And when it looked, like you know, midway through the game, when Giants kind of took control and they kicked like six goals in a row, or whatever it was, we were walking around singing the Giants theme song, the best song on earth. The absolute hush that fell over the place and that siren. But then you could just hear from everywhere throughout Collingwood, people were losing their minds. It became very Mad Max. The game itself was, was, was an absolute thriller, but what a, what a heartbreaker. GWS in no way should be disappointed with their season. Be disappointed with the loss, but I think they, I don't want to say overachieved, but I think they, they rose above the expectations that were put on them. Like, significantly as yeah. well. Like, it wasn't even like a, oh, you know, they probably, people probably put them in what? Maybe, say, 10 to 15 yeah, range? Yeah, like the garbage bin. Yeah. Mm. They were not meant to do the um, yeah. Adam Kingsley has proven that Leon Cameron was the problem. Coach of the year. Coach of the year, Adam Kingsley. that name. Coach of the year, Arms of Australia. <laughs> can we also just, can we also just touch on the... One of the most awkward and uncomfortable interviews I've ever seen when Channel 7 just kept asking uh, visibly emotional Toby Green questions whilst he was down in the room. I, yeah, I thought it was weird for for them to just be like, you're going to cry? You're going to cry, Toby? <laughs> Toby, do a little cry cry? That was very much how it felt. Like, she just kept probing him and it was very uncomfortable. I hate losing teams being interviewed. I, I think yeah, it's so unnecessary. Losing teams shouldn't be interviewed at all. And winning teams should not be interviewed on the ground. Interviewing Toby Green at that point in time cemented something that really came to the forefront of my mind, which was Toby Green has had the best redemption arc in recent memory, I think. It 
there are still people out there who I know who are still like, oh, Toby Green, yeah, he's a bit of a drop, you know, a drop kick, isn't he? And it's like, well, no, he's an All-Australian captain now. He's shown a level of maturity that even a couple seasons ago probably wasn't quite there. I think that he had to this year because uh, there, there were a lot of questions when he got the captaincy at the start of the year. And I even questioned it because, I mean, just last year he had the issue where he pushed the umpire and... The uh, umpire got in his way. I would defend the man. <laughs> get out of the way, umpire. I mean, the champion walking through. Did, did Luke Dalhouse's face get in his way as well, Jesse? We were there. Hopefully. Okay, we were quite close to that incident. And I will say, Luke Dalhouse was to blame. I'll put it out there. I was there. I saw firsthand. Toby Green, innocent. 2023. <laughs> but I, look, I think that's something really special for GWS. Like, it's... You know, it's somebody who stepped up when they needed it and they've really turned it around. And that's... I was on the G train. I'll, I'll not be hiding that fact. Uh, my brother-in-law is a GWS supporter, so I was right there with him since my team sucked. Um, but hey, Collingwood. Everyone's on the G train. Everyone hates Collingwood. Fuck Collingwood. I am sick. Okay, I'm, all, I'm, yeah, I, I'm getting wild now. Okay, okay. Sorry, Chris, can you just step back a second and clear the floor? Uh, Jesse, everyone you have clear back like, like me on the dance floor at this wedding Everyone just take a step back I got this, alright I am sick of this rhetoric that has gone across the land That McRae's pies are likeable McRae seems like a good dude Moore seems like a great bloke But the rest of them I think Dacos seems alright I will say I McRae don't know him made... well enough yet McRae has made the team likable, but the supporters still make them very dislikable. And that's I why agree. I don't want them to win, is because of their supporters. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris on that one. It's, you know what, Pies fans, you're not, you're not all bad. Like, we know that. Just like 98%. But as, as a mob, <laughs> I would rather that mob be in Brisbane a little bit. But also, I know enough Pies fans that I'm like, you know what, I want that happiness for you. And let's be honest, the second they get rid of Jordan Dugowie, I think that kind of removes the last blemish from their more controversial years. For the look, for the for the sake of objectiveness though, Pies fans <laughs> be be happy. Like soak it in, right? No. Like the the ninety thousand of you that are gonna fill the MCG. Like Be it's, happy, just don't burn the city down. Yeah, please. please. Come on guys. And maybe stop sending like a lot of threatening messages to people in the AFL. Um, again, that Maynard rhetoric, it's pretty, pretty, pretty bad, guys. Pretty bad. Also, stop comparing everything to Jack Ginevan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, we don't like him. The rules don't apply. Why has? I feel like we we went a good little while without Eddie Maguire being really, really annoying, and he's all of a sudden the last few weeks just become really, really annoying and unlikable again. Because Collingwood are winning. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, look, look, to be fair, if Essendon won a game ever, I'm sure Kevin Sheedy would be everyone in everyone's face again. Yeah. Despite the result, I'll say that the Pies GWS prelim probably the best game I've watched this year yeah and look well deserved win like Collingwood shutting down in that last five minutes that was some of the best play they, they didn't Elite. let it go out because they knew that they were yeah. risking the ruck um, they kept it in just in short it was really well coached it, 
it was perfect as well, like, for a viewer, because GWS were like, we have nothing to lose. Like, we just need to go for it. And they did, and Collingwood kept on standing up. And that's footy, baby. Toby Green crying, though. (laughs) Not great. That's not footy. Yeah, let's move on to the less interesting game. (laughs) By miles. Uh, Yeah, Brisbane... Brisbane turned it Carlt off. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair to Carlton, I don't think anyone foresaw them kicking the first five goals of the game. And nobody I got think to it's see more them disappointing. Because the game started at fucking 5.32. <laughs> I was laying in bed. I'm having a nap. I'm like, why is everyone tweeting about Carlton? I was like, oh, fuck. I, I had, whenever the footy's on and I'm at home... I like to cook myself a special, you know, a nice little dinner. Maybe I'll cook something on the barbecue. I had all this stuff ready. Sophie and I are going to watch the game together. We had skewers made. And I've run out. She's sleeping on the couch. I'm like, no, get off the couch. Watch the footy. <laughs> and then we, we put it on and it was garbage. There's a lot to unpack in that statement about your life <laughs> that I didn't know. But <laughs> well, barbecue dinners. No, I went over skewers, buddy. Me and my partner, we kind of nap together because there's. <laughs> she. She. I like woke she... up. I woke up in a different street and went and pushed her off the couch. We gotta watch the football, the sweetheart. Get off. We gotta watch the football. The football couch. Sleep on the floor. <laughs> I also like how you were both napping at five thirty at night. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on? <sighs> anyway. <laughs> I'm really Jesse, old. we'll we'll leave that for therapy. I was at a wedding the <laughs> night before. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carlton. I'm started. not on trial here. Okay. <laughs> Carlton like, started like super strong, and I think that kind of makes it all the worse, right? Because they looked immediately tired once Brisbane were like, mm, maybe not though, because even if it was like second quarter, Brisbane were like, time to go. Yeah. Once they clicked into gear, there was just no coming back. As much as the commentators were trying to push that rhetoric in the last quarter, no, Brisbane did mm. a remarkably, a remarkably Efficient. boring job, but they just got it done. I love the Carlton story, but kind of like Giants, they they ran on just adrenaline to this point. <laughs> I think they were tired. Yeah, I think it's just also a credit to like the game plan and the coaching plan and, and Chris Fagan that I love seeing a team that is expected to win get blown away in the first quarter and then they go to quarter time they change things up and they come back and it's just they've got complete control of the game from that point I love seeing that happen because it's just you just know that it's not just the players have all of a sudden woken up it's, it's the coaches who've actually done something and it was a complete credit to them as well I don't know it's how disappointing can you be, really, as a Carlton fan? Because, he- hear me out, right? I, I'm i always at odds, like, how I feel. Like, am I sad for Carlton when not even, what, eight weeks ago, people were microwaving memberships? <laughs> like, am I that sad? I'm sad for Carlton, the team. That's why I like seeing them lose, because their supporters, again, it's like Collingwood, it's just, they don't deserve happiness with how they treated their so- team. This is as an Essen supporter. I obviously grew up like you know the rivalries are Carlton and, and Collingwood. 
but I do have a softness spot in my heart. And that doesn't say much because my heart condition's not great. But I do have a softness spot in my heart for Carlton. Because after Carlton lost, it wasn't having a sook about this and that. And look, there were some calls at the end of that game that were pretty one-sided. Again, they shouldn't have been that far back if they wanted a shot. But anyway, I didn't see too many people complain about that. I just wasn't saying, no, oh, well done, boys. You've done remarkably well. We're really, really proud of you. It was good. I, I was actually surprised to see that. Collingwood fans, whenever I've seen them lose, have started to eat their own a little bit. It's it's a yin-yang situation, isn't it? Because Carlton, Carlton fans, when things are going well, everything's like up and about. It's celebrations, and I love that. I love that passion. Collingwood always feels like there's a little bit of negative around Collingwood Twitter or just, Collingwood just, And like for anyone discussion. listening... Um, Chris, Clarkie, and myself are, are very online. We're very online Twitter people, and we do see kind of that aspect of these fan base. So just take that with a grain of salt, grain of salt when we are insulting your teams directly. And also keep in mind that I get precedent. I'm a piece of shit. So <laughs> you know, who am I to judge? Yep, and just I don't know, say straight sets to me or something like that, and I'll move on. <laughs> Chris, why is your team bad? Uh, your coach <laughs> it's, it's debatable uh, no. hmm. classic <laughs> so that brings us to the ultimate Sophie's choice gentlemen who do we really want to win this because I don't think that was a plot of Sophie's choice to be fair <laughs> I'm just not really I'm not super jazzed on either of these teams um, obviously, Melbourne and Brisbane, I think, are a pretty, pretty decent modern rivalry. Like the last couple of years has been pretty on and off, and Collingwood have the the mob problem of the streets will burn. I think this is the best matchup you could possibly have if you look at this objectively. It's one and two. It hasn't happened since like twenty fourteen or something like that. I know really Lions, that long. Yeah, it's been ages. Lions Wild. don't win at the G. We've all heard that, but Collingwood haven't really been scoring. Plus, McStay out. I don't think Frampton is that good of a replacement for McStay. I, I I can't see Collingwood kicking a winning score. I agree. I th- Where they goals from? Collingwood's overall play hasn't been amazing to end the season and throughout the finals. What has been amazing has been the defense. They've oh, been yeah. defensively incredible. I just I feel like Brisbane have too many weapons for Collingwood's defense. You've like you can try and shut you shut down Danaher, then you've got Hipwood. I know that he's not amazing, but Big he O-Mac. is an option. You've got Omac, you've got Charlie Cameron, then you've got kind of bit players who who can really damage you, like Cam Rayner and Zach Bailey. I just feel like they've got too much firepower up forward to for Collingwood's defense to really kind of overcome them. Well, it's going to be interesting as well, like because we know that. Solid defensive structure has been kind of a trait of the last three, four premiers. Um, last year, Geelong absolutely shut Sydney down. That was never looking. Melbourne in 2021 absolutely just came out and shut it down and game over. It's, I, I think that, that leaves Collingwood with a, with a really good chance. If they can maintain their structure and composure, the goals will come, right? Like... When you think of Brisbane defenders, they've got Kidane Coleman, they've got Harris Andrews, and outside of that, I've got to be honest, 
I'm not really sure what that unit looks like. I, I can't is... name you another Brisbane defender. Starsevich is a good defender. Um, He's got a bit of dog about him. And McKenna's a defender like and super coach. So we'll McKenna, there's Wil- <laughs> Wilmot. Wilmot. And then is it Payne or Gardner? I can't remember which one's playing. I think Payne is coming in, if okay. I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is going to be kind of one and lost with Collingwood's defense and Brisbane's attack because that's where Brisbane's strength is and that's where Collingwood's strength, strength is. The other end of the ground, it's like, it's just... Who cares? It's going to be... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. The thing that I'm hoping for, I want a grand final that's going to be within, say, 20 points. Yeah, I'd love a close game. I, I'll go ahead and limit and agree with Clarky that I want a good grand final. Because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> like... Yeah, tw- like 2021, um, good year. Good year, Chris. Um, I think we can both agree. <laughs> it was a good year um, up until 10 minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> and absolute blowout. Last year, absolute blowout. Like, it's... I, I, want it to be, I want it to be tight. Like, it's... I want there to be, like, that four-quarter, like, that, that atmosphere, right? Like, we, we just don't want to blow out. Yeah. When you look at the last few matches, like, Brisbane have the form on Collingwood by, by a fair bit but the thing that actually stands out to me the most is Collingwood's kicked decent scores against them so in the last three games 183-91 that's not bad they, they seem to match up actually a bit better than I expected interesting plus I, for some reason I keep thinking because I know Collingwood was like three games clear on top of the ladder at one point I forgot they dropped a few games towards the end. Brisbane only lost one game less than them. So for all like the bluster we have about Collingwood, it does really come down to like it's, it's Vic bias why Brisbane isn't getting talked up enough. They've had a remarkably good year. They've got the Brownlow medalists on their team. Controversially. Okay. Controversially. It's yeah, it'll it'll be interesting from that sense. I think every team that's been in the top eight though has points of significant form slump right Essendon did from about round one onwards <laughs> yes actually wait no, no I want to take that back I saw somebody made, like, you started a little, well a cool like little graph and it showed like the teams on the ladder like bouncing up and down where they were at different points in the year Essendon you did you did something just a bit of a shout out to Essendon you did you did something <laughs> I, I've been I've been taking in so much end of year content for Essendon in the last week and it's so Brutally upsetting. I hate this team. I hate this team. <laughs> Who's the uh, on the grand Norm final? Smith. Who are our Norm Smith tips? Let's see. Let's let's do. It. I, I want a leading goal kicker. I want a Norm Smith. I want the winner and the margin. All right. I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with. Is that leading goal kicker first? Yeah. Look at. Gonna go with. I'm. Gonna, I'm Joey's gonna have a day out. I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say Joey with maybe like four or five. I'm gonna say Joe Joe Danaher with four, and Charlie Cameron with four as well. Yeah, Charlie Cameron had a mare against um, Carlton. Yeah. Just couldn't couldn't buy one, and he was getting the opportunities. He works so hard, so I think he'll um, compensate for that this week. I'm gonna say Cameron and Danaher both with three. Oh, okay. Finally, some love for, for for Cameron. You know what? I'm going to throw one out there as well. Bobby Hill. Been a bit quiet. He's dangerous. 
on the Collingwood side. Um, it just yeah, they, they've got a few of those guys. If one if one busts out, I always kind of hope it's Bobby Hill because I I do love his vibe. For the social media content I can make, I need Bobby Hill to make it, to have a good game because I'll have those King of the Hill videos loaded up. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby! All right, what are we thinking, Norm Smith, Jesse? Kadeen fucking Coleman, okay? <laughs> the Bob. I'm going to need you to expand on that so, a little bit for me. For years, we have been in a AFL supercoach, a KFC supercoach, if you will, uh, draft league, a dynasty draft league. If you know what dynasty draft is, you make your draft and you keep your players year on year. So you want to get young players in, trade your old ones. It's like it's the closest thing we'll ever have to running a team. I kept... Kadeen Coleman for ages in that team and I became very became very attached to him to the point where I convinced myself that he was going to be the breakout player of regular classic supercoach this year and he was one my first picked and I kept saying hey he's a POD a point of difference the pod and the group chat rightfully tore me apart bullied me to the point where I traded him out and then, would even when he was out of my team, every time he touched the ball, I would get a message pop up to say, hey, the pod. That was also because every time in the first few rounds that you, he would start off, it would it would get to half time and he would be like the leading point scorer on the ground and you'd message going, what a pod. And then what in the pod. second half, he would somehow get negative points. What a pod though, okay. Now, now he's the name of the How does this correlate into him being a Norm Smith medalist? <laughs> because the... <laughs> Look, he's getting better. He's doing the reverse supercoach, okay? In supercoach, he starts off amazing. And he gets worse. In actual AFLs, he, he started off the year pretty average. And he's getting better and better. He had an incredible game last, um, last week. Absolutely best on ground. I think he can do it again. And that's me being legit. I think he's going to be an absolute gun, this kid. Um, and he's my tip for the norm. Alright, Chris, what do you got for me? Uh, so, I'm going to throw out a couple names. I have to give one name and a whole story. <laughs> so I'll give I'll give you one for your pick, and then you can go into honourable mentions. Okay, okay. My pick is Hugh McCluggage. The suitcase. Has mm. been in absolutely ripping form in the second half of the season. Like, has been incredible. Um, played a good game against Carlton. He got injured I think slightly at one point but then still played out the rest of the game and still had a good game so here's my pick I think that there's if if the honourable mentions I think if Collingwood win as much as I hate to say it I think Dugowie is a hell of a chance yeah. again has just been in ripping form um, and a player that you mentioned earlier as my smoky is Bobby Hill I think that he's he's that X-Factor player like Cyril Rioli where if he's just on, like, their first final, he was incredible in that first final. It was quiet last week, but the first week he was huge. And if he's on, then he could just have an absolute day out. Y'all aren't going to like this. It is a Collingwood player. I think Nick Dacos. Like, it feels... Like, it, like it feels just... I think he was a little bit robbed of the brown, though, by cruel fate, not by the votes. Um, that injury at that time of the year, he... He's just some something else. Like he's just a level 
where like he his hunger for the ball and the way that he uses he's not just a guy as well who wants the ball he's a guy who wants the ball and then uses it very very well for Collingwood and I just think this is the time right like it's grand final time it's bringing your A game there's nothing left after this I love Nick Dacos he is I, I think we are lucky enough to be on the verge of seeing the next great great player oh 100% uh, he, he could you know barring what happens on Saturday and if things went a little bit different this year he could have easily been a Brandler medalist a Norm Smith medalist and a Premiership medalist in his second year the triple that's insane the fact that he's even this close to the possibility of that triple in his second year is, is, is bonkers and he actually seems like a really humble dude look we have ragged on Collingwood a fair bit um, but also and some of it is serious but some of it's in fun some of it's deserved as well please don't please don't harass us online uh, is there is there some sort of uh, cruel cruel outcome where Josh Dacos wins the Norm <laughs> You know what? Actually, I was literally just thinking that. Not that... Jo- not all credit to Josh Dacos, right? He's a very, very good footballer. The poor man, Nick Martin. I think that... <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, I think that Nick Dacos, in his two years at Collingwood, has made Josh Dacos a better player. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I love that. Like, the power of brothers is like this... You know... Harry and Ben, they're the same person. Let's be honest. That podcast, AI. As much, again, with Collingwood, that whole thing about, oh, they're likable now. They're not, they do have some nice stories in them. McRae, good dude. The brothers, the brothers Dacos, killing it at the moment. I have a real soft spot for the side bottom. I don't know why, I really like him. Pendlebury isn't aging. He, they freak. Mason Cox, bit of weird dude. Love the sunnies though. He's a vibe. He yeah, he he's just like a chill dude with cool sunglasses. I want more accessories on the field. We have headbands, we have sunglasses, I want some hats. You know? I want some well, the, like, a the necklace. The NFL players wear gold chains. Yeah, I want some of that. There was a um a Carlton player, I don't know who it was. People were having a gold from painting his nails. No, do it. Have some character to you. I look, I know that Mason Cox glasses aren't for character because his cornea <laughs> fell off. But it's the same thing. Just have some style on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. The, sorry, that... <laughs> and that's why Kadeen Coleman will win the Norm Smith. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think Nick Dacos is the the real choice for me. Yeah. But only because I kind of want that the most. Um, but if I had to pick a Brisbane player, I'd probably say Josh Dunkley. Oh, yeah. I forgot about, I forgot about the Dunkaroo. Just quietly gets it done. Mm. I still think he picked the wrong club. But anyway... How about um, what are we going for in regard in re- in regards to the actual margin? Who's winning? I'm going Brisbane. I'm going Brisbane by eleven points. Ooh, all right, close game. Personally, I think I think this game will be pretty close up until the last quarter. I think Brisbane will kick away. I reckon they'll win by about twenty-five. Look, something in my gut says it's going to be Collingwood by eight. And it's going to be tight. That's all I'm hoping for. I think, as an outsider, the last few grand finals have been pretty boring. Sorry, Clark. I know you won a few of them. Great, good stuff. I didn't care. <laughs> um, I haven't been invested <laughs> at all. I just need this. And, again, 
it's it is the best two teams up against each other. Like we're we're gonna be this is gonna be really good viewing. As much as I would have loved either Carlson or GWS to win last weekend, unless both of them won, it would have made this Saturday very boring. Because I think that team probably would have yeah. got thumped. Carlton GWS grand final would have been incredible. But I think this is going to be, as, as somebody who just wants to watch a good game of football, this is, yeah. is going to be good. Yeah, now that the heartbreak of my team not, not making it uh, has settled, I'm genuinely looking forward to it more and more as the days go on. We've got a doggies fan <laughs> in the background. Woof, woof. So I think that'll wrap us up for this week. Thank you for joining us on the first episode of The Falcon, a footy podcast. Now, we are part of the Story Mode Network. Shows like Love Letters and Dialogue Options are also things you can listen to. Go check them out if you... Do it. Love. I host one of them. Yeah, Jesse, you're the host of Love Letters. That's great. Yeah, boy. Spotify, iTunes, all the places you get podcasts. Even That's right. the back of a boot underneath a bridge. I sell burnt copies. <laughs> And you can also check us out on socials. So we are Falcon Footy Pod on Instagram, on Twitter. Go check us out. Give us a follow. And stay tuned for the next episode. See you in the next one. See ya. Bye. Football. That's my saying at the end.